Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Raley. Our scenario is entitled Dead Man Stomp. It was written by Mark Morrison. Our GM for this scenario is Jen Coulter, and I'll be giving the recap as Trixie Love. This is episode four. That being said, let's begin our journey into the darkness. <clears throat> Good morning, sweetie. How you doing? Uh, no, just the nails today. Uh, I've been dying to tell you the latest developments in my current situation. I think we may be heading for the end of the world or something. When I was just a little girl, my parents used to take me to church, and it always used to scare me when they would talk about the dead rising up in the last days. But I got to tell you, it's happening right now. I've seen it with my own eyes. As you may recall, we have been working with Mr. Scrivna on a case about his missing hooch. And uh, we had tracked it back to the Bonato gang. Uh, I don't recall if I told you about the guy getting shot at the Blue Haven nightclub, but his name was Minusco. There was something crazy that happened, but I'll get to that in a minute. We had to get out of there fast. And afterwards, some of the guys uh, went to his apartment uh, and looked around for clues. They found out that Manusco was doctoring the books for the big boss himself, Archie Bonato. That's how we knew that the Bonato gang was behind it all. Something must have gone wrong, and they hired Joey the Rat uh, to send Manusco off to the big beyond. But uh, that's just the thing. It didn't work. Manusco rose from the dead, even though the Rat Boy had blown off half his skull. I didn't make the connection at the time. But in the background of it all was this horn player named Leroy. Uh, you probably heard of him. Uh, they keep playing it on the radio, Dead Man Stomp. Uh, now that I think about the song, it, it's appropriately named, you think? Anyways, now that... Well, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, you're not going to believe me unless I give you the rest of the story. See... We hadn't put two and two together yet about the horn, but, but let me continue. We knew that Leroy was scheduled to play at a funeral, and so we decided to attend and pay our respects, even though we didn't know the guy. But it was during the procession afterwards that things got crazy. Once Leroy started playing his horn, and uh, we were following along, yes. Well, it was kind of New Orleans thing, you know. They played jazz. Well, the band plays while the pallbearers carry the body on their shoulders. Anyway, the dead guy starts kicking in his coffin and then pops out like a jack-in-the-box. Everything goes bananas, and some of the guys see Joey the Rat and chase him down so they can throttle him for information. But we realize the horn is what's doing it. Uh, we had mentioned the horn to Mr. Scrivna after the incident at the Blue Haven, and he asked us to get it for him. So we started chasing Leroy. Uh, he couldn't agree, he wouldn't agree to giving us the horn, but he was willing to come back with us to Scrivener's, though I'm not sure Leroy really understood that. Uh, I wanted to explain it to him, but Sam Bowie hushed me up like I was getting it wrong. I don't know. Uh, he's still the cutest one of the bunch, so, you know. The guys are, talk, uh, are, are taking him there now, 
and I figured I could come here and get my nails done still and uh, and get back before anything interesting happens. Oh, uh, you do such a good job. I'll uh, drop by again and tell you what happens. See you, hon. Well, that was a uh, nice little recap there, Trixie. So, I believe we off the, like you said. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. I believe we left off with uh, you find folk heading over to the uh, speakeasy to speak with Leroy Turner over the price of a drink. He agreed to that much. Um, and as you kind of walk in, you see it's kind of a little bit of a dingy hole in the wall. It's nowhere near as nice as the Blue Heaven Ballroom was. It's it's more kind of well, it's more grungy. I'm, I'm so not sure was that was that the idea? I thought we were going to take it back to Scribner's. Yeah, we told oh, him we were. Yeah, we told him we were taking him to Scribner's. It would be uh, it'd be quiet. We could have a drink there, and you know, Scribner was going to offer him some money. I apologize. If you want to do that, go ahead and do that. Okay. Seems a little nervous as you uh, as you uh, well, apply. I thought we were. To- I thought we weren't telling him that it was Scrivener's, that we were just getting him to go. Just well, we told him, him that, to go? We told him uh, that Mr. Scrivener had the good rum that would take that edge off. Okay, thank you. All right. So we redo that whole intro. <laughs> okay, sorry. So you do manage to get him to follow through and meet you at the offices of Mr. Scrivener. You head on in, he walks in, takes a look around, and already he seems to have like a little bit of an unease to him. Like he doesn't quite belong in these settings. Um, like, he, like he's worried about something. It's okay, Mr. Scrivener will see you soon. And uh, believe me, he's going to offer you a lot of money. Well, all right. Hey, uh- and. Trumpet man, not, not not for nothing, but uh, you never notice that uh, when you're around, corpses seem to come back to life. Well, see, I honestly, yeah. It listen, it, it bugs I go me. and I lean really against the door. I just kind of stand and lean against the door. You uh, you got some kind of some kind of voodoo or something with that horn? No, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I better just tell you while we're waiting for um, Scrivener. I mean, I mean, I, I've been I've been playing for ten years. Ten years I've been playing trumpet, and nothing happening like this before. Was it the I, same instrument? Well, that's just it. You're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but... <sighs> Give it I'd... a try. We've seen a lot of crazy things. All right. Well, a couple years, a couple, couple months back, I was playing with this scratch band. I was, I was doing a few small gigs. And I didn't find my... I hadn't had my position with the... Blue Heaven jazz band until recently, but it's kind of down on my luck. I was in between uh, sets and I went outside to have a smoke. 
And you're not going to believe this, but, uh, you know that, that jazz man, Nate Plathery? Do yeah. we know Nate Plathery? You do not know this man, no. But, uh, you've heard th- that there are, that he is, you not personally know this man, but you know that he is a famous jazz man from New Orleans. Okay. See, he, yeah, the I jazz even, man from New Orleans. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know he was even in the audience that night, but he he came up to me in the alley and he, he caught me between sets and said, "You know, uh, Leroy, you you play so beautifully. You're, you're you're so good at what you do. I'd be honored to give you one of my horns." And I mean, I, w- I was impressed and all. I didn't I didn't even think he would notice, but that's that's how I got the trumpet. He gave you the silver trumpet? Yeah. And then what, I mean, what, I, happened, what happened next? Well, not long after that, and I basically started trying out, trying around, and got the position at the Blue Heaven. When, when's the, is the, the night of uh, that Manusco got shot? Is that the, uh, the first night that you seen a, a body come back to life playing the horn? I, I didn't see anything on the straight stage. I, I, I just heard people shouting and running. I was, I was too busy, you know, playing. That tune that you've been playing, Dead Man's Thumb. Do you, do you write that yourself? No, uh, my, my director did, Mr. Wester. Mr. Wester. See you around town. Yeah, he, uh, he actually works. I think at a. He works at a uh, newspaper office, actually. The the band hey. thing is kind of his side gig. Yeah, we could get an uh, we could get an address for Mr. Wester. That'd be outstanding. Not a problem. I mean, he gives you the address for Wester, but as he's kind of thinking back on that, on what he's been saying, you seem to notice he's well, he's got. He seems to be holding something back. Leroy does. Could some of you roll? One of you roll psychology for me. Psychology. Whoop to do. <laughs> Fail. It's probably. How about nothing. I try a little? How about I try a little sex appeal? Come on. That honey. works. What, what are you trying? What are you trying to? Actually, I, I rolled a an eight. I got an eight uh, out of ten. Oh, well, Vic, well, Vic, uh, Victoria, nice job. Bitch. <laughs> you kind of lean over and listen. Uh, he's not lying, but it seems like again, term like Leroy's been hiding something and something that made him really, really nervous. Why are you so nervous? I'll, I'll, um, I don't want to go through Mr. Scribner's stuff, but, um, I, I'll look to, to one of the, the guys and say, is it possible for you to bring up a few drinks? Let this man loosen his tie up a bit. Well, that's a good idea. I mean, surely if you knocked on, uh, Scribner's door, he'd be more than happy to offer you some of his fine rum. 
Oh, yeah. Well, what are we waiting for? I thought that we were waiting for him to come out, so. Yeah, yeah you are waiting for him to come out. His door is closed and he's busy, but I'm sure if you knock on the door and ask. Oh, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, now, Leroy, I think your uh, day's about to get a lot better. And Mr. Scrivener will pay you a lot of money to take this horn off your head and buy 10 more horns that aren't bringing back the dead. Well, I, I just got the feeling I shouldn't get rid of it, you know? Look, honey, is there something you're not telling us? We're your friends here. Fast talk? Persuade? Persuade? Yeah, persuade or fast talk. I was going to ask him, where did, where did you meet this, this, uh, this gentleman who gave you the, the horn? It wouldn't happen to be at a crossroads. Seventeen out of sixty-five. Nice. I'm gonna speak with uh, Vicky, then I'll get to you, Trixie. So, on your question, Vicky, Leroy says, "Well, no, not at a crossroads. I mean, I, 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 I know enough about, you know, about lore, and I, I, I wouldn't do something like that. I'd never agree to something like that. It was in the back alley. We were behind the jazz stage." Okay. What does this guy look like? He was, uh, <clears throat> you know, tall, thin guy, dark skin, dark hair, red suit. Uh, you talk so about. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll like lean back and you'll see there, there is a, a look of fright in my eyes, but I try to hide it. And I'm looking around at the rest of you guys. Like, she talking, uh, Vicky. She talking about. Uh, he is is Turner talking about Johnson the Jazz Man? Yeah. As yeah, for we've seen uh, him. And then Leroy kind of gets a even more nervous look, and doesn't seem to say anything about that. But he he changes the subject, turns to you, Trix, and he's he's like, well, you know, there's something else. That wasn't quite right about the man. It was hard to tell. He was kind of cast in shadow. You know, lighting's not that that good back in the Mallies back there. And it was almost, I swear, like for a second, his eyes were shadowed. Like 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 I couldn't see anything in them. Like there were pools of blackness. Real strange. Well, let me let me ask you this, honey. Were you drinking at the time? When am I not drinking? And well, he just kind of miserably like rubs his temple. It's possible that you were just not seeing clearly. I, but we've seen the guy with the red so. suit a few times around. Huh. He was there at the Blue Haven. He was there at the funeral. That's weird. Maybe he's he's just a fan of my work or something. I mean, there's there's an explanation. There's got to be. Well, you're good, honey. We've heard you play. You're really good. You, you say Jasmine Johnson with the red suit is the one that gave you the horn? That's a stage name. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, came up to me in the alley. He gave me the suit. He gave me the, the horn, and he said... He said, I, I, I was so good that I could have it. I mean, I, I thought that all my Christmas had come at once. And I mean, ever since then, I've been getting gig after gig after gig. Honey, would you mind if I looked at your horn? It's really beautiful. 
And how hard was it to get that fourth, uh, that fourth uh, uh, valve going? Oh, well, uh, honestly, I think it's, it's the fourth valve that gives me a bit more range of the motion and, and notes. You know, it makes it a little easier to play. Took me a little bit to get down, but not too hard. Hmm. And aren't they usually like brass? But this looks like something else. Usually. Well, Trixie, he lets you take a look at the horn. And it's a very nice, lightweight, well-made instrument. Um, silver crackle finish. And you kind of kind of notice a little bit about it. There's almost like a tealish luster to it as the light hits it. On the inside of it, there's wow. there's uh, some interesting glyphs now that you see it. They're a lot more uh, prevalent now that you take a look. Like, like make his marks. Could I re-roll a no or an edu, maybe? Not for me. There's no way or I an know what Egyptian is. <laughs> well, it's the one made by King Tut. Have they have they discovered King Tut? Yeah, oh yes, they have. Okay. Yeah, it's 1920-something, so. I passed. Okay. Yeah, I got I got a pass on the edu. These look for all the world like Egyptian hieroglyphics. That's a little Boyd and a little uh, hangman. And uh, some other cute little pictures. That's what it looks like. You have no idea what they say, but they look like Egyptian hieroglyphics. Maybe the trumpet it came from Egypt. I can't read it to you, Trixie. But this is the this is the way that the ancient Egyptians used to used to write. This was the this is like bookwork to them. Really? Hmm. Well, that's that's really interesting. You have any idea what it says or means? No, I mean, I asked him. He said it was a, a good luck inscription. Mm. Quite the object the art take. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful mm. horn. He kind of takes it back and looks at it fondly and sticks it back in the case. Now that we've had a chance to kind of look at it a little bit more up close, can I, I, I try to do an appraise on it, see if I can get a, an approximate value of it? Oh, sure, appraise it. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> it was a fail. Oh, I actually have. You a have no idea. Too. Go ahead. I know my jewelry. Oh, I got it. Thirty-two out of thirty-five. This horn. It's like the equivalent of a Stradivarius violin. It is clearly a one-of-a-kind piece. You've seen silver trumpets before. They're not as common, but you've seen them. This. <laughs> is something unlike any trumpet you've seen before. It must be a rare, rare piece. And this random well, jazz man has it. Well, look, Leroy, I got to tell you something. This is just my opinion. But the horn's not the important thing. Your talent is the important thing. And give you any horn in the world, and you're still going to sound fantastic as a player. People aren't hiring the horn. They're hiring you. This Jasmine Johnson either uh, is must be very well to do to give you such an extravagant gift, or maybe he stole it and just passed it off on you. Or maybe it's cursed. Cursed? Well, apparently every time you play it and there's somebody dead around, they come back to life. Maybe it's just coincidence. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe it's it's the red guy in the suit. You never know. Maybe. I know some. I mean, 
he, he seems very, very reluctant to think it's the horn. And he seems almost scared to let the horn go. Like, if he, if he does, then maybe something worse will happen. I'm going to go bang on the door and say, hey, Scrivener, get your ass out. <laughs> no, you not. seriously do that? No, 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 no. All this is getting a little bit weird. I think we do uh, make our presence known to Mr. Scrivener and get this business over with. Well, just as you uh, head up the door, the door opens and there's Scrivener standing there. Well, hello. Did you find the horn? Yeah, right Mr. Scrivener, this here is uh, Leroy. He's He's got the horn. He's... Uh, he agreed to talk to you. He scrutinizes uh, Leroy up and down. You know, shabby drunkard. Very well, come yeah, in. She should hear him play. Hmm. Well then, Mr. Scrooge, you know, many of these uh, uh, musician types are from the Bohemian set. That they are. And Leroy seems a little cowed, but he enters after you, and you sit down. He. Scrivener pours some fine rum for everybody, and Leroy just immediately downs his in like one swoop. Hey, you better uh, pace yourself there, trumpet man. Oh, I can handle it, trust me. <coughs> Drink more than this, I'll tell you that. Uh, Leroy, why don't you uh, go ahead and show Mr. Scrivener the horn? He does so, and uh, Scrivener looks the piece over, and you can see kind of a slight almost desire in his eyes for the horn but there's something more to it there's almost like well spot hidden nope uh, i passed hard pass those of you who make it see this slight glint of almost humor like he is amused and intrigued by the horn as much as he wants it. You check out all uh, the in, uh, up on the inside there, Mister Scrivener. You got some of those uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yes, very unique. Like this thing uh, came hmm. from King Tut's tomb. Almost like it. I've certainly never seen anything like it. It'd be a, an amazing piece to have in my collection. Does Leroy look like he's starting to lighten up a little bit? Oh, he looks like he's starting to lighten up a little bit, mostly because he just downed an entire glass of rum in one go. Okay. I'll just back up towards the door a little bit, and, um, okay. Hey, Vicky, so you immediately, uh, you think Scrivener starts bargaining with Leroy, and Leroy still seems reluctant to let it go. Like he's noticing something a little off or something. Like he's scared to let the horn go. I'm going to go stand over by Sam by the door and look up at him and say, so what are you doing after this, honey? Uh, whatever you are. You want to get some dinner? That sounds like good. Yeah. But not meatball subs. No, uh, no. I was thinking uh, surf and turf. That works for me. I know a good place up on the north side. We'll get some lobster. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick look at Leroy and kind of make my way over to him. And just say, "Hey, 
you're a, you're stopping out. This, why not take the money? You know, it's a big deal. He leans over very, very close to you, and he murmurs, There's something in Scrivener's eyes. I don't trust him. Yeah, buddy. He's a criminal. We all are. It's, uh, no, it's not that. It's something else. And Leroy just kind of stands up abruptly and is like, listen, I, I, I should be going. I, I have a gig soon. I, I really... Well, Mr. Scrivener is not used to ha taking no for an answer. I draw a nine millimeter. And Scrivener oh, just kind oh. of watches this. Just capitalism in action. Uh, Trump a man either wants to start a horn or he don't. I'd suggest you take the money while you can. Things are very tense for about a minute. Yeah, let's, why don't we all relax and have another drink? And eventually... Uh, Richie, make me an aviation. <laughs> eventually, Scrivener... Mr. Scrivener, you got any uh, cream de violet? Oh, of course. God, I'll, make mini bar. Of, I'll make a round of aviations. You do just that. And meanwhile, uh, Scrivener thinks very carefully. And then he looks up at Leroy and looks at you and says, Well, if the man truly doesn't want to part with his horn, then he is more than welcome to leave. Far be it from me to separate a man from his livelihood. Last yeah, chance, honey. Scrivener's offering you good money. I don't think you're going to get another offer like that. Oh, I have a feeling that it might find its way back to me sooner or later. We were thinking the same thing. Let him, let him go and consider my offer. He knows what to find me. I put the gun away and stepped away from the door. Hmm. Offer him, I offer him a ride to wherever he needs to go. Leroy takes it and he just murmurs, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. And he backs out of the room. You offer to uh, presumably take him back to his house. Is that where you take him? Or That's is where there he anything wants else to go. All right. You drive him off to his house, which appear which appears to be a rather dingy apartment in a slummy part of town. Probably the only thing you could afford. And uh, he gets let out of the car, goes into his house, and uh, oh, before he gets out of the car, I tell him, I said, hey, you know, man's time is is worth money, and and I I slip him like fifteen bucks. Thank you. I appreciate it. And he pocks it and heads in. There's another. Uh, there's another young black woman kind of leaning against a wall, and she she looks over kind of oddly at you and goes, "You just, just give Leroy Turner money." Do uh, you have a problem with that? Realize he's just gonna spend it all on booze, right? That's what he likes. That's fine with me. I'm not going to tell a man how to spend his money. All right, all right. 
she wanders off. I go back to pick up Trixie. Okay. You gonna go on a dinner date with Trixie? Hell yeah. Alrighty. What are the rest of you guys doing? Well, it, I guess before we leave, I'll, I'll say, uh, so Mr. Scriven, is our business here concluded? Well, for the most part. Uh, spot hidden. Fail. Fail. Anybody else want a spot hidden that's in the room? Yes, please. That is a fail. <laughs> Victoria? That was a fail on my end, too. Everybody fails. Okay. Well, as you are uh, walking out of the room, it just so happens that uh, one of you accidentally hits one of Scribner's bookshelves and a book falls to the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that bookshelf's a little wobbly. And he goes and he picks it up, puts it back. Appears to be a book on hieroglyphics. Hey, look at that. You uh you got one of those uh, Egypt books too. Oh yeah, I've been I've been studying it. Sort of a hobby of mine. I like to keep my brain functioning. Uh say then, could you uh could you read those symbols on the inside of the horn? Well it's a translation book as far as I know. I mean if you'd like to borrow it, you're more than welcome. I'm a little busy, but Hey, Mr. Scribner, if, if, it, uh, if it isn't too much of an inconvenience, uh, borrow for the evening. I was sure we'd return. Very well, but if you do lose it, or God forbid, doggy or the pages, then we'll be having a talk. Yeah, of course. And he loans you the book. Thank you, sir. Alrighty. No. Suppose you head on your way. Do all three of you decide to study it tonight, or do does only one of you study it, or what goes on? Sure, I'll hang out with him. Um, who who actually can, saw the hieroglyphics? You know what? I can. I, I'll I'll meet up with you guys um, a bit later. I'm gonna get some work done at the uh, yeah. brothel for a bit. Good idea. I All think, right. I think Richie and Sam recognized the symbols of hier hieroglyphics, right? They did. Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll go with them. Well, Sam is <laughs> he's doing his thing <laughs> right now, but uh, I I wouldn't mind taking some time and going back with Richie and seeing what he can recall and see if we can't decipher the symbols. All right. Those of you who are not deciphering the symbols, could you mute and deafen? You're saying anybody who's not reading the book? Yes. So as you uh, read the book, um, it, it seems, do you, you, I'm assuming you have like a sketch of the symbols, or do you try to sketch down the symbols? Well, I mean, we never said that we we're making a, a sketch or a rubbing or anything like that, but we would probably remember what some of the symbols were, but maybe not in the order. There was birds and a boat and some kind of reeds. All right. 
So you look up some of the uh, glyphs, and you determine a few of them. Uh, you determine one that apparently is read as Hotep. You determine one that's read as Lut or Rut variantly, and then you're not sure about the rest. I mean, you could try to... In the book, is there, is there just like hundreds and hundreds of symbols? Is that what it is? Just like a it is a dictionary of glyphs and how to use them for the most part. Uh, let's see. Without the overlay, is how what's your character's name again? Let's see. You are um, Jack, Jack Riley, Jack right? Jack Riley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what you make it is, Josh? You think we should um, maybe uh, we can show this to Leroy so we can. So he knows what uh, is on the inside of his horn. He might be interested to know. Yeah, I think we got one or two options here. So either we show show the symbols to Leroy, although I got to be honest, he was a little bit spooked. Uh, we presented to him earlier. Or uh, maybe we go find an expert, right? I mean, we can go take a look at maybe seeing somebody at a library or, I don't know, that's... Chicago, after all. I'm sure we can find somebody in the city who has some expertise, if you will. Well, if we figure out what this means, maybe we can help Leroy figure out why his horn keeps bringing back people to life, allegedly. Nope, I think you're right. So uh, maybe we start with Leroy, and if he can't provide us any answers, maybe we move on from that. That's a good idea. All right, I mean, you do from... The various sounds that you can sort of recognize. Again, you recognize Hotel, you recognize Rut, you recognize Me, and that's all you recognize. Okay. But you, you try to write down the symbols you can remember and uh, bring it presumably to someone. There is a university. Why don't you go there? Uh, what 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 time are we talking about right now? So I'm assuming it's about midday. You could probably catch a professor on their lunch break. Uh, does uh, Richie uh, go ahead, Gary? Uh, Richie, you have any interest in maybe heading over to the local university? At least uh, giving that piece of it a shot. Yeah, sure. I can't figure out too much why I care, but I got nothing better to do. <laughs> That's uh, right. it's better than, than uh, preparing pasta for Jules. Hey, why not? <laughs> All right. We got over to the university. It just so happens that the Professor Emeritus of uh, Egyptology, a Mr. Wilmarth, is in his office, and you are directed there when you ask. And uh, he's, a, he's an older gentleman. You walk in, he's busily scrub, scribbling some notes on a piece of paper, presumably grading papers. He looks at him, he's like, hello, can I help you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Can I help you? Yeah, my, my name's Richie, and this is, uh, this is Jack. A, a pleasure to meet you, and he shakes your hands. Is there something I can help you with? Yeah, Professor, it's the craziest thing, but uh, we've stumbled upon a couple of, 
uh, ancient ruins, if you will, and we believe them to be of the Egypt variety. And so if you could just help us understand that origin, that would be incredibly helpful. All right. Well, do you have a, an image of the glyphs or, or some sort of written information? Yeah, we've sketched them down. Uh, we get uh, a bird-looking thing, a couple of reeds, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, the best we can do, and, and we, we brought this book along with us, you see. All right. You know, we were able to trace them back to a, uh, a Lut, a Rut, and uh, a me. And we're just not really sure what all that means. All right. Well... I need you to make a luck roll for me. Whoever sketched it, make a luck roll. What was me? You said it wasn't you? No. Okay. I'll, I, let's say I wrote something down in my uh, waiter's notepad. <laughs> okay. And I pass. Okay. Well, luckily for you, you have a sensible, tra a sensible piece of information. <laughs> so he uh, takes a look at it. And uh, I'm sorry, my focus is a little out of whack. Let me try this again. All right, okay. And he gives you a, a, an interesting look, like, where, where did you find this? Would you believe it if I told you on the inside of a trumpet? Inside of a trumpet? Yeah, we got a, a, a business acquaintance. He's a jazz man. Got a real nice trumpet. These symbols carved up on the inside. Like it came out of King Tut's tomb. He looks at you like you are absolutely insane, but he gives a trans. He, he, he gives an answer that seems a little odd. He's like, well, this has this is a dual meaning. This this translation. I, I it's both a name and a phrase. Of course. Well, could you elaborate on that a bit? Well, it would have been pronounced Nihar Lat Hotep. And it would have been, there's several different ways I could write it. It would be a translation that would come out to, there is no rest at the judgment place. Now, I've, I've never come across anything like it in my studies, but. Does that have anything to do with um, with the dead? Not that I'm familiar with. I suppose it could be a variant name for Anubis, the god of the dead in the underworld. But, okay. But these, uh, these glyphs, they're clearly of Egyptian origin. There's no doubt about that. Yes, it is Egyptian. It makes sense in Egyptian. Is it? It is definitely Egyptian. Well, Professor, I, I, unfortunately, I, I don't know any more to ask you other than that. Uh, seems like uh, you've been most helpful, and I, I greatly appreciate that. Not a problem, gentlemen. Yeah, appreciate your, appreciate your time, and we'll, we'll slip him a, a spot. Okay, he. Uh, Looks at you very oddly, but takes the money. Uh, Richie, is there anything else you can think to, to ask the 
uh, most helpful professor. Uh, no, why don't we go see if uh, if Trixie and, and Sam made it back from Pound Town yet? Yeah. Alrighty, you go on your way. Fair enough. <laughs> Alrighty, you can all unmute now. So. Well, Jack Jack, as we head back, I'm just going to ask Jack, what do you what do you think? You think this uh, this doesn't sound like too much of a good luck charm to me? No, nah, I I don't know what uh, what Leroy got himself involved with, but uh, <laughs> this doesn't seem like like any simple musical instrument to me. Not that uh, I'm well versed in these types of things. I am, but a lowly criminal after all. You are uh, you ever seen that that movie over at the Paramount, the uh, the Mummy? Oh, of course, yeah. It's a classic. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, well, I think that's the kind of shit we're dealing with here, if you know what I'm saying. The whole thing, along with these dreams I'm having, I'm not going to lie, it's giving me the creeps. Now, what dreams are those? Dreaming about all this jazz man Johnson knocking on my door in the middle of the night. Yeah, well, he seems to be a common theme in all this. I'm not, uh, I'm not completely comfortable. I remember seeing him, too, but... Uh, I don't know what he you has could do some research. Well, presumably after uh, Trixie and her paramour get back from Pound Town and Vicky is done with her duties, you all meet back up. Or do you want to just sleep on it? I mean, it is getting pretty late at night now. Yeah, yeah I got no reason to go back and talk to those guys. Yeah, yeah fuck could... them. I can use a good night's rest. No, the opposite. Same here. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, could I get power rolls from everybody? Back to my place, Trixie? Yes, sir. Except Trixie uh, and her paramour, Sam. Extreme success. Yeah, Trixie and Sam do not ass. need to roll power. The rest of you do. I got a heart. All right, did anybody fail or? Uh, yeah, I failed. All righty. Everybody except him. Headphones off. Sorry. I said. Everybody except the person who failed. I, yeah, I think at this point it's just you and me, Jen. Okay, so you're the only one who failed? Yes. Okay, good. All right, so... Uh, Everybody else has a great night's sleep, except for you. Great. <laughs> you dream a dream. And it is a very interesting dream. Yours. It's finally yours. The very artifact you've been seeking for so long. Thousands of miles of dusty tomb lie behind you and thousands more on all sides. You had thought at first it was a myth told by those street vendors in Cairo, but you know better. I mean, you're an expert Egyptologist, aren't you? 
The torchlight gleams off of the object, an onyx death mask, looking like an ink-stained copy of King Tut's, save for the red, black, and gold color scheme. The craftwork on it is exquisite, almost otherworldly, and simply looking in its eyes gives you the shivers. It will all be worth it when you show the proof to your fellow expeditioners outside that something is indeed here in this unremarkable patch of sand. The mummy was well-preserved enough you swear you had seen its eyes when you took the mask off. And not to mention, you'd gotten the ornate tomb itself open all on your own. Why, you'll be the next Dr. Carter at this rate. Your torchlight gleams off of the walls, and mask in hand, you proceed to close the tomb and respect the dead. But when you turn to see the casket, you can nearly drop both artifact and torch in shock. The mummy is gone. A pile of bitumen-soaked bandages is all that remains, but that isn't possible. The ancient dead don't walk, do they? A shadowy figure crosses your line of sight, coming down the hallway, bringing with it an aura like death and a nameless dread to your heart. You almost recognize it, and then it hits you precisely where the mummy has gotten off to. Your torch begins to flicker feebly under the figure's gaze, and all the while it begins to close in. But once it finally gets close enough, you notice the horrible details. The skin is the color of ink. The hands are like claws. The man has no face, yet all the other trappings of Pharaoh. You are frozen in fear, but with no idea why. Who is he? Who? Why does he feel so familiar? You swear you can feel his glee at finding the interloper in his tomb as he reaches out with one hand to strangle you to death. You wake up feeling like you're choking. Please roll sanity. All right. It is actually a pass. All righty. Do me a favor. Take one. Okay. All right. So, The rest of you wake up and are, uh... Tired? You're fine. I mean, it's just the one guy who had the dream. You're all fine. Except for him. Trixie and Sam had the best night of their life. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't, uh... We don't, uh, kiss and tell. Oh, right, except true. In what the happens... chat except in the chat window. <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes on Into the Darkness stays behind the scenes on Into the Darkness. So yes, presumably you all meet back up in the morning and uh, you know, uh, some of you are looking a little worse for wear and a little unnerved. The only difference is that now my arm and Sam's arm are hooked together. Aww. And love blossoms. So uh, I can start spending some money again. True. True, you can. Take a look, Vicky. Here comes Romeo and Juliet. So you uh, are meeting up at uh, Richie's uh, Tortellini Emporium. 
We got brunch specials. Yeah, they got brunch specials. They got delicious quiche. And uh, feel free to talk amongst yourselves. We're going to have to put some sunglasses on and being blinded by all the afterglow at the table. <laughs> yep, I'm going. <sighs> hey, here comes Big Jer. Yes. Sorry about that. We lost you after the uh, after the funeral. Oh, really? Well, we, we haven't seen you since, so. Uh, I was busy. I, I think he got detained by the cops. <laughs> yeah, he yes, actually got, talked his way out of it. Got detained by the cops. So, do you want to discuss what the uh, intrepid uh, people who were at the professors found, or anything else you discovered, or... What, what, what did you guys do all night? We uh, we I can took, think of a few things. Uh, me and Jack took a took a little detour. We uh, we decided to uh, use the book that we got from Mister Scrivener's to go try and make heads and tails out of the trumpet man. What what book? Uh, some of the, we got a uh, Jack brought a book from Mister Scrivener of those uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. Really. Yeah, we found some, uh, well, we found the professor that uh, we chatted with about him that, well, I don't really know what to make about this phrase, but uh, there is no rest at the judgment place. That's what he said. There ain't no rest at the judgment place? That's what the thing said? Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Sounds like a song. You have... Uh, <laughs> You got me, doll, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know quite what that means. Is there a line like that in Dead Man Stomp? Is there mu is there vo vo words to Dead Man Stomp, or is it just music? It's just music. Oh. It's an instrumental. It's instrumental. It's what they it's what they call an instrument only piece, Trixie. Instrumental. <clears throat> What, hey, what, what if, hey, Jack, you think he might have got, this don't make no sense, but do you think he might have got the order wrong and it actually says there ain't no place to rest at the judgment? Because that would make a little bit more sense. You know, honestly, Richie, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it means there ain't no judgment at the resting place. Yeah, the resting place is that uh, Egyptian theme speakeasy. Did I, I, I hear was... you right that you, you looked, yep. What it said on the trumpet in the book, and then figured it out for yourselves, or you talked to someone else that helped you figure it out. In addition to the book, we found a professor. Oh, you did! You found you, you found a scholar. Okay. <clears throat> you know me, always knowing where to find the scholars. Yeah, well, as uh, as educated as Richie is, we weren't able to ascertain much beyond. Uh, what uh, what the professor was able to tell us at the local it, university? What the professor think it meant? Yeah, he couldn't couldn't shed much light on that. I thought that it was maybe a story, like there were two little birds that lived in a in a in a place with a, uh, some braided stuff, and I don't know, it was just pictures to me. Jen, can you flash up the image again, real quick? 
something to yes, do I with can. something to do with a guy named Mr. Anubis. I don't know if he's a, a associate of the professor or Mr. Scrivener. I, I couldn't remember if it had actually an image of scales on it. Uh, you know, I think you guys are rubbing off on me. This this whole uh, superstition and Egyptian whatnot, and you know, some of the stuff Trixie said. You know, I'm just going to say this. A couple of nights ago, I had a real whack dream, and uh, it had something to do with me being judged by this big dog face thing. And, oh, uh, honey. Yeah. That sounds scary. I had a weird dream, too. Yeah, I was in a kind of a library, and there was this guy that made me look in a book. I hate books. Well, oh, just off the GM. Oh, we lost track. No clue what happened there. Well, we had a complete conversation without you, but it didn't didn't amount to anything. Who? I I see. Ah, I see a theme developing. Who here at the table's had okay. weird dreams? Oh, no. Not again. Come on. Painted in the shade of Minusco. Mine was, like I said, very weird. It was had, like, I'm just going to say, like, there's a, they mentioned over and over, Narlothotep. I don't know if you guys know anything about that. That's a weird name. What was that? Say that again, Big Chair. Narlthotep. Hey Jack, ain't that ain't that uh, the translation that the professor said? Hey, you know, I'm uh, I, I think that was one of those Egyptian names that he had mentioned. Uh, he mentioned a couple others, but uh, yeah, that that seems to be pretty familiar. Why does that sound familiar to me too? Is that like part of a song? Good question. Very good question. Well, as you are uh, chatting, could you please all please all what huh. you cut out? Spot hidden. Spot hidden. Seventeen. Finally, a decent roll tonight. I got an O four. <laughs> those of you who make it, those of you who make it, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Those of you who make it, you uh, happen to be looking out the window when you Leroy Turner walking on the other side of the street. And uh, just as he's walking across the street, uh, you also see a gray Packard come rolling around the corner. And suddenly, Leroy notices it well. Notices it as well, and looks extremely shocked. The car pulls over to the side of the road. Two white men jump out, and they grab Leroy, pushing. Then they drive off. It takes mere minutes, but you can tell that they just kidnapped him. Was Leroy here? No, Leroy was walking across the street. And we just noticed that, like, like we just noticed that taking place. Do the guys who, who snatched you them up? You just noticed Leroy get kidnapped. 
No, no, I was going to ask the the guys who snatched them up. Do they look like Scrivener's men? Like anybody that might work for his. They outfit? do not look like Scrivener's men. They do not. You would know if Scrivener had associates that had a gray Packard. All right. Hmm. But in any case, Leroy just got kidnapped. I, I presume you guys that saw it would call it to the rest of our attention. Yeah, yeah, I'd point that out. And and also, did, was he carrying the, uh, the the trumpet with him? He was. Yeah, this case in his hand, he was walking presumably to a gig. Yeah, someone just snatched uh, Leroy just right out front there. He had the trumpet with him. Those guys in the Packard, they got out and grabbed him. Threw his ass right in the car. Oh, the paper man's 100% right. I just saw it. We got to get after him. Are they already gone? Like, are they already taken off before any of us would have time to react? They're taking off, but you can hear them peeling away. There's a. Should we hop in our cars and go? Go for it. Who's driving? I'm with Sam. All right. Yeah. I mean, my car. I'd, I'd have my car there. So. Okay, I, Sam. If, drive auto. If it's if it's conceive, conceivable, we we might be able to catch up with him. Yeah, I'll, I'll dash out there and fire it up. Can I, can I hop in that bad boy too? We yeah, all pile. We all pile into Sam's car. Yeah, like, he'll push four people, people in the back. It's big enough. Y'all pile in the back. Uh, Sam starts it's, up his it's, car. I think he's touring car. Car. It's a touring car. You can fit eight people in your car. We're cuddly as hell right now. Vicky can or precisely on my lap. one Hotep can fit in your car. So, uh, yeah, you get in the car. Drive mm -hmm. after him. Are you, you do manage to catch up with them at the next intersection. Like You can see them at the next intersection. They don't seem to have seen you yet. You might be able to secretly follow them. Or you, guys, you could try to catch up to them and have a shootout. It's up to you. You guys recognize the vehicle? No. no it's a great package. Yeah. Idea, someone. Well, let's let's try and get a license. As we're following them, somebody try to get the license plate. And oh. Big Jay, your, your elbow's in my ribs. I will, I will, I will oh. take, the, take the opportunity to roll an idea. I, I passed. I, I, pass. I, pass, I passed my idea, too. Those of you who pass... Those of you who passed the idea have a sudden realization. You know some of Bonato's men. You saw that, that gray Packard at the Blue Heaven, parked near the Blue Heaven, the night that the shooting happened. And you heard it earlier peel off, and it was gone when you last checked. This must be that gray Packard. I bet you anything it's Bonato's men. Hey, boys. I... Uh... That, that is the same car that we saw at uh, Blue Heaven the other night. That, those are the Bonato boys. I swear to God. Well, we should probably yeah, hold back a bit and just follow them, see where they go. Yeah. yeah. Are you secretly going to follow them? That's, that's not my style. I, uh, man, well, I'm, look, I'm look, normally look, rushing look. to action. I, we we got to stop them. But if you well, want to get out of the car, but if you start firing, they're going to be firing back at my car. All right, all right, all right. I, I get it. All right, we'll play a game for a bit. Play a game for a bit. All righty. It'd, it'd be easy to get Leroy back once we all stop. I got two thoughts. What would the Bonados want with Leroy? And I can't believe how heavy Vicky is on my lap. <laughs> oh. Hey, girl, hey. Wash your hands or you have to. Uh, 
watch those hands of yours or you're going to have to pay for that. Both my legs are falling asleep. Get them, It's Wayne. a bony ass. Get them, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not start a cat fight in the back of the car between the two ladies. You guys, uh, presumably, sneak up to him. Uh, Sam, you're driving the car, correct? Okay. I, I will I need... toss this out there, too. Like, perhaps if we do follow behind closely and unseen, we might be able to figure out exactly where they're hiding the rest of the shipment. That's a good idea, Vicky. That is a great point. Yeah. Maybe we played a little more inconspicuous. Yeah. You can roll me a drive auto roll, the person who is driving. You the Samuel. Do you mind if I spend uh, four luck on that? Go right ahead. Do whatever you like. All right. I'll pass once I spend those four. Okay, so you just barely managed to stealth and uh, slowly follow this car. And you follow it for a good ways until you come to kind of a nondescript warehouse district. There are a lot of warehouses here all alike, but they pull into warehouse 2B and they park. And you park your cars in a nearby alley and wash this. And... You see these two men get out, pulling Leroy with a gun to his head towards a door on the side of the warehouse. They push him inside and they head inside. Doesn't look like they locked the door. Are we going in? Or are we going to come back later? It, it's... It's morning, right? Like all this happened. We're, we're, it is we're morning, yes. Early yeah. morning. Well, I, I think it, uh, saving Leroy right now might be imperative. Yeah, I mean. Probably a good idea. I mean, you might completely lose your lead. If they get the trumpet, then Scrivener's not going to be able to get the trumpet. We just need the trumpet. We don't need Leroy. Exactly. Oh, what are you saying? Leroy's a good guy. Well. We were threatening well, him a little while ago, but I mean that, that, that yeah, I mean Scrivener made it clear. He 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 wants the, the trumpet. The uh you know, we, we tried to play nice with Leroy, but if we can't save him, we gotta at least get that trumpet. Well, as far as I'm concerned, we need to play has a, a good idea. We let let them bump off uh Leroy and then we take care of him and we bring back the trumpet. And if Mr. Scrivener is angry at us taking initiative, you say we didn't do it. It was their men. It was the you know the bedado of the gado gang or right. whatever. And then basically, we're in the clear and we get paid maybe a little bit extra for this job. Yeah, let's sneak and in there and get ourselves the advantage. You know, if we take care of these guys, we can have a good look around. And if this is where they're stashing the stuff, then we can really get our money. We'll be done. Yeah, there you go. I like the way so she's you thinking. Yep. I was just about to say that. I was saying, let's attack now so that we can get that uh, horn. Good plan. So you all going to sneak inside? Yeah. Anybody need a pistol? I got two extra in the trunk. I got, I got a point, I, you I think I'm okay. I, right. I, I'm okay. I need a gun. Yeah. Jack is well armed. Oh, he wait. I got a gun. gun. 
Trixie, anyway. you think you can handle a gun like that? I've got two guns, in fact. I've got a Derringer and a and a revolver. Oh, shit. Oh, She's <laughs> hiding it in her Victoria's Secret compartment. Exactly. Dual-wielding <laughs> pistols. <laughs> This yeah. just got so badass. This freaking gangsters well, ladies, mall uh, was well, like ladies. No, ladies have to protect themselves on the street nowadays. Just, you know, just a quick second. So, so far, Trixie Trixie is more well armed than all of us, and she's drank us under the table. So I'm just Trixie asking, is my new favorite character. I who swear. Is the, who is the most badass among us? I'm just you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Trixie, you are one of the most badass persons. Don't I fuck with Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> who's the girl who's got the guns and has the super sexy buns? Trixie. Trixie. She's hot. She shoots the hell out of everybody, and she drinks everybody under the table. What more could you ask? For? Don't fuck with Trixie, love man. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know what? Are you gonna you're gonna sneak in? Stealth rolls, please. Here we go. Oh, I made it by three points. I got an old five. Nice. I am not doing so hot on the stealth portion. I got a I got an old five too. So I'm going to use right. Josh. Well, I'm going to use uh, luck to pass. Okay, so everybody passes. No, uh, not me. I missed. Not not you. All right, uh, you can push it or. You want to take it? I, if I push it, do I get to roll again? Yes. All right, I'm going to push it. Yeah, but if you failed, you trip and Fail. fall and knock something over. Pushing. I did even worse. Oh, oh, oh no. Boy. So, well, most of you make it in all right. Or, unfortunately, uh, you're not so lucky. You uh, are sneaking behind a heavy, a couple of heavy trucks, and the inside of this warehouse are a lot of crates. All of them bearing, some bearing the Bonato gang mark, some of them unmarked, some of them bearing Nathan Scrivener's mark. And it just so happens there is a uh, broken bottle that has uh, fallen out of one of the crates, and um, you trip over that, you fall on it, you cut your leg. Could you please take a point of damage? Can do. Yes. And you also yell, shit! Shit, guys! Ow! Jack, be quiet! Why don't really fucking hurt? What the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, boss, you hear that? You hear somebody say, Everybody hide. You all hide. I'm going to say, uh, I'm not even going to make you roll, roll for that. I mean, you, you all hide. Quickly. Everything goes stunned and silent for a second. And there is no response. But from your cover, you do. Holy crap. From your cover, you do happen to peek out, and, uh, well, you notice a very interesting sight. First of all, you see four people. You see Joey the Rat. You see another 
man who is very, very short. You see a man in a very nicely dressed suit with a scar across one eye. This is uh, Archie Bonato. You would recognize that face anywhere. And tied to a chair, but with his hands free, is uh, Leroy Turner. And Turner has his trumpet in hand, and he's looking around very nervously. Uh, Joey the Rat has his gun pointed at Leroy's head. So uh, they're looking around, and uh, Bonato takes one look at the guy and goes, This is the man. Yeah, boss, this is the guy. So what'd you see him do, Joey? You saw him playing the dead guy get up and move, boss. No, my, my girl Laura, she said some sort of voodoo shit. Real smart about these things, boss. All them folk are. Bonato uh, thinks this over. This true? Yeah, yeah, I swear on my life. No screw-ups like with Minusco. No, boss. Stupid decision, Joey. You got my front shut down and it's costing me dough. He said warn the guy, not kill my accountant. Then there's a uh, tense uh, moment, as uh, Bonato thinks for a bit. Leroy's kind of whimpering, like, oh, God, don't shoot me. All right. Bonato talks. I'll, uh, I'll bet on what you say, Joey. Hey, Jimmy, uh, do me a favor. Shoot yourself. What? Says the shorter guy. I. You want me to shoot myself? And then, uh, Bonato just kind of shakes his head. Now, listen here, Larson. This guy, this your darky can bring you back from the dead, according to you. So, what's the problem? Shoot yourself. There's a tense moment for a minute. Are you going to do anything? Let's watch how this plays out. One last person. Yep. Okay, you watch how it plays out. So, uh, little Jimmy doesn't seem to respond. And then, uh, Bonato goes, Joey, yeah, boss? Shoot him. Joey pulls his 45 out and, uh, one bolt to the head. Jimmy's brains go spattering over the concrete in the warehouse. And, uh, Joey kind of pokes Jimmy and goes, yeah, he's dead, boss. Well, of course he's dead. You shot him point blank at the head. All right. He turns to Leroy. Nods to the trumper. Trumpet. Play jazz, man. So, Turner is nervous. He looks around and he bites his lip and he uh, plays. He's playing a uh, simple tune. Very simple tune. Just the first thing that comes to his mind, and uh, after about five seconds, well, uh, Jimmy's corpse stands very jerkily and just starts grinning and dance moving towards uh, Joey. And for five, and Leroy stops for five seconds as everybody in the room yells in shock. I'm going to need you all to roll sanity. Who, 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 who yells? All of Bonato, them or all of us? All of them. Okay. Not you. Because we've seen it before. We kind of knew it. You've seen it before. You knew it was coming. But I still need you to roll sanity because it's still pretty disturbing. 
And who while, else, while, who while else was, is in the room? Is it just uh, Archie Bonato, Jimmy, and Joey, and Leroy? Yes. And Jimmy is currently dead with a huge chunk of his head missing coming after Joey the Rat right. shot him. <clears throat> while, um, while Leroy was playing, Richie was quietly tapping his toes. I'm uh, going to... I'm going to pull out my gun, put it on whatever's steady it, point it right at Archie, and pull the trigger. All right. That is did a bit of a distance. I need you to roll for your firearm skill. Well, did you call what? sanity damage? Yeah, sanity. Yes, I did. Sanity I did call damage. for sanity damage. So please roll for your sanity first. Yeah, I passed my sanity. I thank you. Those of you pass. Oh, God. Let's hope I don't. You guys aren't gonna like this. Those of you who pass, take one. Did anyone fail? I failed. Yep. Those of you who failed, do me a favor. Take six. Oh. oh. And roll me an intelligence check. On my shot, I got twenty-four out of seventy. So that's uh, that's right. uh, better than hard. That's a hard. <laughs> Hard pass. That's what you needed. You needed a hard success. Did you make the intelligence? Me, I, uh, I passed. No, I, I was talking to the to the, fa yeah. the failures. I made it. I failed. Oh boy. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Oh yeah, you definitely feel like you're losing your mind. You just kind of start absent-mindedly staring and <laughs> laughing to yourself, kind of dancing a little bit erratically. The rest of you, uh, Trixie, who shot, um, the bang catches Joey's attention. He turns over and looks. Archie Bonato doesn't notice in time. And, yeah, your aim hits true. Could you please roll your damage, Trixie? Yeah. 38. 1d10. 1d10. Uh, oh, poor Richie. A nine. Shit, son. <laughs> you don't quite don't hit fuck him. with Trixie. <laughs> don't fuck with Trixie. You don't hit um somewhere quite lethal, but you do hit somewhere that he's going to bleed out. And uh now he, I, I he say stumbles. we all there's nothing he can do. He just kind of stumbles and he turns over and he looks and he sees you, Trixie, and he goes, You Bitch. I'm not even gonna, you know, I'm not even gonna really roll combat here. You guys outnumber Joey four. Yeah, now to all one. we've got is Joey. Yeah. So let's, Archie does let's try to pull later. out Archie does try to pull out his gun and he does try to make one feeble shot, last shot. He rolls a seven. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to try and shoot right back at him. Right. We're engaging combat. Dex order, then. I will say this. Archie roll, rolls for... Did hit, but he rolled for one damage. So, okay. uh, Trixie, it just grazes you. I rolled a 19 out of... What was it again? 70. Shit. No. Mama knows how to shoot her gun. Roll your damage, Trixie. Uh, three more damage. Yep, yeah. So that's... You finish him. 
He collapses. Grab Leroy. Dies. I, I just we, yell out, grab Leroy, grab the, the horn. Are we are we grabbing him or are we going to off him? Well, that's we the thing with Leroy. Uh, we don't need to off him. We were just. That's the thing with if Leroy. He was he's dead already. That's one thing. But we can just take him at this point. I don't think he's going to fight us taking him out of here. At this point, uh, Joey notices this and just kind of scowls, pulls out a knife, cuts Leroy free. And Leroy just kind of sits there for five seconds. And then just goes. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> and he keeps on playing, and uh, and I'm suddenly, dancing in front. I'm dancing by him. I'm gonna grab his gun. I mean, grab his horn. Oh no, Leroy's dancing on the other end of the room. You guys are running out from behind cover, I presume. Uh, the boss just got up. Bonato just got up and is starting to jerk dance towards Trixie. Uh, Joe, uh, Joey is frantically trying to back away from the corpse of Jimmy who's still coming after him and uh, in a hail of absolute confusion he grabs a nearby Tommy gun that was in a case and just unloads on little Jimmy's corpse splattering red across the entire room. This doesn't change the fact um, that Archie Bonato is still jerk dancing towards him and uh, oh yeah Richie is kind of unstably dancing towards uh, Bonato. I'm you trying might, to make you a want to I'm trying to make up lyrics to the uh, the song, and they were all doing dead bait stomp. Oh yeah, yeah, totally are. What you guys? Would you guys help, please? But I want yeah, to. I want to shoot. I want to shoot. Sorry, um, Leroy in a in like I want to shoot him. Hopefully, making him stop the the uh, music. Okay, go for it. Well, Leroy is kind of a moving target, so it's going to be hard. I, I thought he was in the chair. He got Leroy out of the chair. Uh, Joey cut him out of the chair. That is a 19. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you hit him. I'm not even going to make you roll damage. You hit him in the leg. He cries out in pain, stops for five seconds, realizes what's happening, and then takes off kind of limp running. Would somebody please kill Joey and and stop Leroy? I'll start shooting at Joey. All right, go for it. He's not moving. He's paralyzed as the un as, as he's watching the undead Archie Bonato come towards uh, Richie. Joey's not running. Okay. And Richie's um, not running. I, Richie's no. dancing. We do we do the pound town boogie. Who's who's Richie? Oh, well, our Richie? Yeah, no, you're Richie. Um, Richie Tortellini. Oh, well, Joey. Joey's running? Joey's not running. Leroy is, is like, limp running, trying to get out of there. I'm going to shoot at... I'm going to try to shoot at uh, Leroy, but you guys can take care of uh, Joey if you want. Yeah, Joey's the jo only I witness. Hit, I hit Joey for eight total with the 45. Actually, well, I how asked you... I asked you not to roll damage. You hit him in the leg. You weren't oh, aiming to kill. I, so, I wasn't? I'm assuming you weren't aiming to kill. The rat? Kill, yeah. Yeah. Kill yeah. Joey. No, oh, Joey? No, Sorry. No. Leroy. Yeah. I want to kill Joey. And okay, actually, yeah. I yeah. Hit him for eight shot. damage. And he cries out in pain. And he realizes he has nowhere else to go. Meanwhile, Archie well, Bonato has turned and looked at him and just kind of grins unstably. And uh, if that Joey one shot goes, wasn't enough, I want to get off another shot on him then. 
if he doesn't drop. You can do that, but before that, Joey just kind of whimpers, takes his 45, puts it to his temple, seeing the insanity that has happened, and pulls the trigger, and he drops. He doesn't get up, because Leroy has stopped playing. He's currently running, leaping out the door. Catch Leroy. Um, I said I was going to shoot at him. Bring the music back. No, we don't want to bring anybody back from the dead. Richie, Richie, uh, you've started to kind of come down out of it, and you're just like, okay. Okay, you, you're just reacting like you don't know what happened. I'm, but not uh, uh, turns around and takes a swing at you. Could you roll dodge? Me? Yeah, you, Richie. Pass. Yeah, he swipes, you dodge, and you run for it. Oh, wait a second. Uh, no, actually, I failed. Okay, well, then let's see how much damage he hits you for. Let's see if he can even make the swipe first. Oh, he makes the swipe. Let's see how much damage. Because you take four damage as he grabs your arm and twists it enough out of the socket that it dislocates. Can I uh, walk up to Archie and put my uh, Derringer up against his head and pull the trigger? Uh, While sure. he's busy he's, with... He's too busy with him. Sure. You, you pull the trigger and he drops and does not get up again. There is no music to, to revive him, so he doesn't get up again. My dress. Yeah. Your dress is now dyed red. <sighs> Everything's uneasily quiet for five seconds. Where? The entire warehouse is now a graveyard. Where is Leroy? And, uh, well, that's the that's a good question. Uh, Leroy has run off. How the fuck did he run off? You guys were all busy. Uh, well, he he kind of limp ran out. Wasn't Trent? Wasn't uh, Victoria shooting at him? Oh, that yeah, Vicky shot him yeah. in the leg. No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to shoot. Uh, everybody else was talking. So. I I shot yeah, him we in the leg. Yeah, we were going in Dex order, I thought, so. Well, if if uh well, if no, if he got, shot it, if, well, I mean, if he got yeah, if he got if he got hit and I didn't get a chance to shoot, then um he's gonna be leaving a trail of blood, so we could follow that. After him. Yeah, there's a trail of blood on the on the ground. We don't want anybody to know that we just killed the boss of the, the Bonato gang. Mm. You all run after him? Yeah. There's a conspicuous trail of blood. And you do catch up to Leroy as he's kind of standing on a street corner. Um, you're, you're about, I want to say, a good 20 yards from him, maybe. And you see him off in the distance on a street corner. He turns over, looks at you, grins unstably. And uh, you see a taxi cab pull up. He pulls the door open, gets in the taxi, slams it and peels off before you can do anything. There's something very, very not right here. I know where Leroy's staying. Maybe we should, uh, why don't we all get in and uh, I'll haul ass over there. If that's where he's going, we'll, we'll just finish him right there on his damn front porch. Well, that's a good idea. 
You going to do that? I don't think we should hang around here. It's the morning, and we were just firing off all kinds of shots in the warehouse district. Yeah, I mean, you can you can hear police sirens. You might want to get out of there. Let's go. Let's get in Sammy's car. And off you Sorry. drive to Leroy's. So you get out, and um, Leroy's not there. You don't you don't see him anywhere nearby. You don't see blood. It looks like the door to his apartment complex is open, and I mean, if. Would you go inside to see if he hid in there, maybe? Hell yeah. All right. In you go. You uh, you head inside, and, um, well, his apartment is the only one that seems to have the door slightly open. It's like, it, it looks like it had been kind of jarred open a little bit. Like, someone tried to get in earlier but couldn't while he was out, and the lock's broken. It's up on the fourth floor. You head up there. Easily push open the door. Like I said, lock's broken. And um, you are looking around. It's a pretty sparse place. I mean, it's pretty ramshackle and sad. Uh, rusted bed frame, tattered mattress, faded torn curtains, and a lot of dust and debris. He barely makes any efforts to keep things clean, it looks like. And there's empty bottles of booze everywhere. In his closet, there's a few suits. There's a place where the trumpet would probably go. Some boxes of sheet music. And over on the bed on his lonely end table is a single-framed photograph of a smiling young woman and himself having a wonderful time in what looks to be the French Quarter of New Orleans. Um, there's a little piece of writing on the picture on the bottom. And it says, Leroy, all my love, Marnie. You know, you've never seen Leroy with a woman. And he always seemed pretty sad. What if something happened to her? This must be Leroy's girlfriend. Yeah. Hmm. Is there, um, well, can, let, should we, is there any, Let's uh, hey, Charles, let's, let's take a look around and see if we can find it, anything else. Maybe we'll, there, in the meantime, maybe Leroy will come back. Yeah, yeah is uh, there any kind of trail of blood? No, there's no blood in here, but you can spot hidden. You, yeah. Just, no. to clarify, just to clarify, I didn't go in. I'm still sitting in the driver's seat downstairs. You're sitting in the driver's seat. You don't see anything strange, but I mean, there is somebody who uh, kind of looks around. It's actually the same black woman from earlier. She's like, didn't I see you earlier? Like yesterday? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for Leroy. You seen him here? He, he was supposed to be coming home soon. Oh, I didn't I didn't see him. I haven't seen him around all day. He's probably in some speakeasy or blind pig getting drunk again. No. Hmm. Poor boy. Hasn't been the same since he lost his girl. Does he have a favorite one? Well, a you're not down speakeasy? there. Just, oh. I'm speaking just to... Uh, yeah, he's yeah. uh how, how do you how, how do you how do you lose this girl? Car crash. It was a hit and run. They were crossing oh. the road. They came up from New Orleans to start a new life together. It was real sad. They were crossing the road and they didn't see the oncoming Grey Packard. Didn't stop. Leroy got out of the way, but Marnie didn't. Marnie? Were they were they married? Oh no, they were they were together though. I'd been together five years now. Didn't have the money to get married, but uh they were hoping to. How long ago did this happen? 
I want to say, you know, right about the time Leroy started drinking, so a couple months ago. Uh, I, I do feel a real empathy for that situation because uh, actually I, I lost a, a significant other in a, in a car accident. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so I do express, you know, true regret over that. Sorry to hear. Did they at least catch the guys that did it? Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody died. Uh, well, except for me. Well, sorry to hear that. Never caught who hit Marnie. Honestly, I think some drunk college boys did it, but never caught him. Leroy's never been the same since. Marnie, and they came. And they came up from New Orleans together. They came up together. They didn't have a lot of money, but. They were the closest you'd ever meet. They buried him. They, mar they buried Marnie here. Over where the uh, down on down on twenty eighth. They buried her. Graveyard on twenty eighth. Yeah, that's uh, that's a real sad story. Tragic. Well, I hope Leroy comes home soon. I've been real worried about him. He's been running in with a bad crowd. I think. Well, his neighbor. I mean, he his, he's running with his neighbor. Oh no! I said he's been running with a bad crowd. You oh, okay. I'm his neighbor. So. Oh. Oh. You are you friends with with Leroy then? Oh hell no! He doesn't keep he doesn't keep his promises. He owes he owes ah. me. Loaned him some money. He went off and ran off and drank with it. He's a loser and a bum. But after what happened, I can't blame him. That's about all the information concerning it you're able to get out of her. She's like, well, you have a nice day now. I gotta head to my job. Let's go back to the people upstairs. Those of you who rolled spot hidden. Yep, I passed. Those of you who pass are looking around and uh, happen to notice in a box of I music. Yeah, there's a box of music, and it, it, you look and see there's like a piece of paper sticking out that looks like a, maybe a planchet or a packer, like a pamphlet. And you pull it out, and it seems to be a funeral announcement for one Marnie Smeaton. Um, it, it appears to be done by Morgan and Dupuy, the same funeral home that did the guy who came out of the casket. And it appears Marnie was buried at the... Morgan and Pui graveyard over on 28th. And that's where the procession was heading. Hmm. Okay, uh, fellas, you think this is uh, this is the, the lady from the picture, Leroy's girlfriend? It's as good a guess as any, but uh, the truth is we still got to find Leroy. <clears throat> if he's on the run, maybe looking for someplace to lay low. Maybe he went uh, to uh, to see his girl. It's good as guess as any. That would make sense. Idea roll. <clears throat> One. That'll take. I got a six. So Trixie apparently is the only person who has an idea. And Trixie. I got an idea. You have a sudden 
horrific realization, and your stomach, your heart drops into your stomach. If Leroy is going to visit his girlfriend at her grave with the trumpet, what do you think is going to happen? Um, she's going to wake up six feet under in a box uh, with uh, tons of earth on top of her and struggle around for a while. <laughs> well, there's well, that, but uh, you know the uh, dead that got raised by that trumpet didn't exactly uh, you know stay quiet. Well, actually, there's something else. If he's going to a graveyard. Oh, yes. There's a lot of bodies. Oh, yes, there are, Trixie. Why the hell would he go to a graveyard? He's bleeding. Well, if he had the the ability to really raise the dead, don't you think he would have tried to bring his girl back? Maybe he didn't know it worked that way yet until we told him. Oh, no. I mean... Let's go to his graveyard. You guys yeah, come downstairs. Back as you're as you're uh, coming downstairs, and uh, Sam, you you've probably had the same realization by now, had you? Yeah, I was kind of thinking along those lines. So when they get down, I say, "Hey, I think we should go check out the uh, local cemetery." I heard uh, you had a uh, a girlfriend that's buried over there, down on Twenty Eighth. And if he thinks he can raise her up, well, he didn't look now, exactly. He didn't exactly look very stable back in that warehouse, now did he? Although now she's not exactly a fresh corpse. No, she's not. Although I, I'm just hoping they bury him as deep as we're paying them to bury him over there. Yeah. Let's go, Sam. Off you go. Yep. Not driving. Shotgun. I'm in. No, bring your shotgun. <laughs> shotgun. No, bring your shotgun. All right. Uh. Fun times. So you head on over to the graveyard and um Does anybody have a samurai sword? Why would they? <laughs> For cutting off the heads of zombies. So you head on down to the graveyard and uh at this point it started to get more towards midday and it's a pretty overcast day actually, getting kind of cloudy and kind of a light fog has started to settle almost. Real strange, real chilly for a nice warm day like it used to be. And uh, tracking him down takes a while, but they do. But you do eventually find the trail of blood as you're moving down 28th. And it starts to get more and more frequent, and then it kind of stops off. But now you're outside the cemetery, and uh, you see fresh footprints in the dirt. Can we hear the horn from out here? You can hear the horn couple uh, melancholy notes. Like he's warming up. Hey, y'all, y'all hear that? I think he's in there. It's a pretty Let's secluded graveyard, too. Oh. Alright, guys. I, I, got, I got something to share with you. Uh, I don't know that it's appropriate right now, but to be honest, I'm not sure we should hand this horn over to Mrs. Scrivener. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm just not sure it's the right thing to do. Look, that's what we were hired for. You don't want to cross Mr. Scrivener. 
Jack, I have to agree, I have to agree with you on this. I think giving Scrivener the uh, horn might be a bad idea. At the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a mercenary. I get paid to do a job, but uh, I've never seen anybody so shaken as Leroy was shaken when we tried to get his horn. There's a reason he didn't part with it. But after the money the script that offered him, I mean, are you serious? That guy offered him that much money, he turned it down. The yeah, starving, you seen the shit he can do with that horn. He can't, he can't keep doing that. There's more to this story than meets the eye. I'm spot starting hidden. To, hey, guys, spot I'm hidden. hidden. I'm starting to think that nobody should have this one, fellas. 32. That's a pass. Pass. All of you pass? Yeah, I failed. I failed. Oh. Okay, well, those of you who pass, uh, you're sitting in the car discussing when you just so happen to hear kind of like a happy whistling. Sounds like the person is whistling Dead Man's Stomp. You look over and you notice a, uh, well, you notice a man in a red suit kind of uh, stopping. Pulls out his stopwatch and looks at it. Looks over at the graveyard. Leans against the wall and waits. Doesn't move, just waits. You know more than blink and he is gone. Sanity. Can we get out of the damn car and get this guy? Pass. I thought we were out of the car. Well, you were in the car discussing. Yeah, but we could hear the music. Yeah. Through your car windows. You can hear him warming up. He hasn't started playing yet. <clears throat> we got to stop him before he wakes up the whole crew. But yeah, those of you who saw the dude leaning against the wall, real sanity, if you pass, you are not going to take any. If you fail, you're going to take one. Well, I passed. I take one. All right. And a sort of dread hits you as you realize, oh, God, not this guy again. He shows up before all this, all before shit goes down, and he just vanished. Gotta go get him. So out of the car you get, and you run into the graveyard, and you wander off deep down towards the back end of the graveyard, and you uh, happen to see Leroy. With his horn prepared, standing over a graveyard, a grave that says Marnie Smeaton, her death date, and uh, has a has a little angel weeping over it, and he's standing there, kind of looking at it forlornly. He's put flowers on the grave, and he does not have a stable look in his eyes at all. He goes, "You know, I I tried so long to get you back, Marnie. I can do it now." So I have this horn, yeah? That's what it was for. It's what, it's what he gave it to me for. This one's for you. He starts marking can I, time. Can I, can I yell out? Sure. I'm like, Leroy, do you really want her to come back the way she is now? A rotting corpse? He looks over to you with his eyes glazed over in a sort of dazed madness. And he stares at you and says, has to be this way. She's got to come shoot back. Him. I, I'm going to shoot him. I can bring her back. <laughs> you motherfucker, don't you do it. 
Shooting. I'm gonna shoot him. <laughs> he brings his horn to his lips. Roll Guns your firearms. Oh shit. Oh no, did you fail? Double zero. Oh, Trixie. He's too far he's too far away and it's just a derringer, so you go to shoot, goes, but pop. not only does not only does the gun fail to shoot, it jams. Okay. Damn it, I shouldn't keep this in my boobs. <laughs> the boob okay. sweats probably done. I will attempt to shoot. I got two passes and one hard success. Holy I'm shit! Like, He's got guns and everything. <laughs> yes, I also got a 13 out of 70, so I pass on the screen. Yeah, Jack's not firing. He's watching. Alright, those of you who fire and make it, roll for your damage. Total of 18. Oh, oh my god! Yup, boom headshot. You freaking riddle him with bullets, and he... Stops and falls over, looking horrified, just as he is blowing into the trumpet. And all you hear is just this petering note. Then, five seconds later, he blinks, gets up, grins with undead glee, and continues playing. Grab the fucking horn. <sighs> Those of you who see this roll one, could you roll a sanity check for me? Those of you who, uh, <laughs> The person who shot him. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah. Uh, those of you who made, do you make a sanity roll, everybody, or do you fail it? I fail. I, I fail. I am. Oh, my God. Uh, I got a pass on that. Those of you who pass and did not shoot him, take one. Those of you who fail and did not shoot him, take three. The person who shot him, did you pass or fail? Pass. I failed. Take I, I two. I shot him as well. Those I... of you who passed and shot him, take two. Those of you who failed and shot him, take three. I want to run up and grab the fucking horn. You run up from the undead Leroy and uh, <laughs> yeah. grab the hero. I didn't shoot a him. A horrible... Yeah, as you're running up, Trixie, Trixie, you can hear a horrible scratching and clawing from underneath the ground. Everywhere. From every grave. I'm still going to grab the horn. Okay. And you, I'm you, expecting you this to happen. I need you to roll oh. dex. Okay. Where's my dex? I'm thinking about it. Wait, where is dex? Oh, excellent. Uh, I got 48 out of 70. Well, he got 38. So yeah, I didn't quite. He he jerks back and you kind of you catch yourself before you fall. You can try again if you'd like. Give me, give me the horn, you son of a bitch. <laughs> He's just like like just grinning, blood dripping out of every hole on his body. Well, he can't really he can't really play it while I'm yanking on it, can he? No, he can't play it while you're yanking on it. He's fighting with you, snarling. I'm going to take off and try and tackle him as I okay. watch this. You so run tackle after me. Tackle him. Fighting brawl. Fighting brawl. 
That is literally 75 out of 75. That is Holy crazy. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't dodge in time because uh, Trixie's dealing with him. Um, he is, uh, yeah, y you tackle him and he, he drops the trumpet and goes flying. So and he starts I, I, scratching the, at you. So I've got, you the, got trumpet the trumpet in my hand. Yeah, he's not playing it anymore, but okay. uh, you still have an undead Leroy to deal with. I'm going to immediately turn are... around and run. You run for it. You just run. And I and I, if I run past Sam, I say, get in the car. <laughs> yeah, like, let's, let's get the hell out of here, folks. More gunshots yeah, in the follow, middle of the day. I follow Trixie's uh, example and, and run towards the car. Yes. Do you do anything with Leroy at all? Well, the others can make their way back to wherever we're going. We just need to get this horn and get it away. I'm, I'm in the middle of a brawl with Leroy right now. Exactly. Leroy's going to roll uh, strength to try to tear you off. I need you to roll opposed strength. I just need Sam to drive because I can't drive. 59. Uh, I took it. Uh, not by a whole lot, but I did take it. Well, he rolled a 62, and you did better. So you managed to kind of deck him and pull yourself out of his grip and run for it. And as you guys are running for it, you hear him scream in unearthly rage. You swear you hear almost a mocking and cold, cruel laughter from the spaces, between the spaces. Sounds Talk like my mom. <laughs> That's not like your mom. Leroy's smile, so familiar, like someone they know, burns in your mind. And then... He drops to the ground and plays no more. You are so terrified from this incident. You can barely think after what you've all experienced and seen over the past couple days. And the dreams, the nightmares, the, the thoughts of these undead things coming to life from a trumpet. Who would create such a twisted, monstrous thing? By the time you get back to Richie's... Uh, which is, um, the establishment. Cafe. The establishment is called DeFeos. DeFeos. Uh, you are all in just kind of utter shock at what just happened. The trumpet is in your possession, sitting in the middle of the table, little speckles of blood still on it. You stare at it balefully. We need to get to this this to Scrivna. Look, I'm all about baby. I mean, plus, plus now we have the, the location of his his goods, so it's payday. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna say this. I am against giving it to Scrivener this uh, horn, but I'm just warning you right now. If something bad happens out of this, I told I told you guys that I don't want to give him the horn. Uh, look, big chair. If we don't give him the horn. We will be dead. I say we just uh, destroy the thing and be done with it. Yeah. And then we'll be dead. How's no. he going to know? We, how's How he going to know? Oh, oh please. We bumped off the boss of the Bonato gang. That's, I mean, and failed to get the trumpet. Point. Yeah. yeah. Not even that. Not get the yeah. trumpet. Yeah, not even that. But even if. You know, we did come back and say, hey, it was damaged, you know, during the transport. 
he may want to kill us anyway. The boss failed him. You know, the, the boss will cry families these people. We're gonna fail another one, and we're all gonna walk away clean from this incident. I don't think so. In no, any case, we have to give him the horn. Oh, you can't keep destroy it. it. Trixie, why don't you persuade everybody to keep the horn? Those who want to keep the horn can rule persuade or fast talk. Those who want to get rid of it can rule opposed. Persuade all or fast talk. All I have is intimidate. <laughs> uh, well, I got 84, but will this help persuade? <laughs> oh, God, you're all going to draw guns on each other now? Um, no, I no, 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 no. fast talk. I got a 36. I passed. Well, I Victoria and... Uh, I got a 44 persuade. Okay. Those who pass, uh, raise your hands. All in favor of giving the trumpet to Scrivener. I just like the visual of us all pulling guns in a fucking packed car. <laughs> no, we're in your place. So three people have, want to give have to have to Clean your whole store if we pull the trigger. Oh, Mr. Defeo ain't going to uh, abide by no gunplay in the establishment, fellas. This is, a, uh, this is not that kind of place during the day. All right, so we have three people who want to give the gun to Scrivener, and three people who, and who does not want to give the gun to Scrivener. Trumpet. Yeah, Sorry, Trump. the trumpet. Who doesn't want to give the trumpet to Scrivener? Raise your hands. So I see one. One person. Three people. Three. Three people. Big so Jenner, Richie, and Jack. And those of who, those who made their persuade rolls, please raise your hands. There's a reason that this uh, trumpet was buried in King Tut's tomb, fellas. I did not have an opportunity to roll my intimidate roll. Roll intimidate. Uh, I guess I'm good. <laughs> um, Richie has too little sanity left at this point to be intimidating. Yeah, it's, it's not going to play. I, I just know that this trumpet was buried in King Tut's tomb for a reason thousands of years ago. Here's a question for you, then. Do you mm -hmm. want to be buried in your own tomb by not giving this to Mr. Scrivener? That's a good point. Scrivener could hunt you the fuck down. Nah, I already got uh, the payment that I need from Mr. Scrivener. I got enough money to move me, Ma, and, and Danny, and Jimmy, and Maria uh, far away from here. To South Chicago. When I'll never find us. All righty. We got a split decision. Who made their Intimidate, persuade, or fast talk rule the best. Who made a really high one? I got a 36 out of uh, out of the 60. So that's not hard, but that's close to it. Did anyone get higher than a 36? I failed. I, uh, I got a 44 out of 50. Okay, so nobody got higher than a 36. So Vicky manages to convince you guys that, well, 
it's really for the best if you give Scrivener the trumpet. I mean, maybe he'll destroy it for you. Maybe if you convince him that it's dangerous, he will destroy it. I think he's just going to sit it on a shelf. The guy likes to collect stuff. Well, at least it won't be in any danger if it's in his collection, will it? Uh, you got a point. Maybe then it will be off the streets. Yeah, it won't be raising the dead anymore. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Let's uh, let's at least talk script about it. I point. I still don't want to give this up. I understand that, G, you're saying all these points, but I just don't want to give it to him. Well, unfortunately, you've been outvoted. Vicky has managed to convince the majority of people. So, uh, off you go to Scrivener's. And, uh, he, uh, spins around his chair as you enter. So, did you find the trumpets? Not you want to tell me we, how it went? Not only did we find the trumpet, but we found your, your, uh, product as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And the Bonato gang? Um, now, no longer a problem. So, not only will you have your product, but you and your men can take whatever you want from that warehouse as well. Archie Bonato is sleeping with the fishes. Hmm. I must say, you've impressed me. What she means Very is that we, uh, so. we, rubbed, we rubbed them off. Nice. I think you mean rubbed, <laughs> rubbed out. <him> <laughs> I, I think you mean you rubbed him out, Richie. Yeah. Six to one, half a dozen of another. <laughs> well. I think he's trying to come up with his own new slang I think term, you've so. more than... Uh, adequately proven your your skills so the reward is yours five thousand dollar reward to split amongst yourselves oh and um there is one thing and he 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 does take the trumpet off your hands look over at it and keep it in the case smiling happily i do tend to have uh, those who impress me in particular i tend to Invite to, well, one of my parties. I was hoping to have one in a few days, and if you're interested, you are more than welcome to attend. Well, Great. I'll be there. I promise you, it is a, a must-not-miss event. You need well, any um, wait staff at the party? Oh, if you would like to wait, you are more than welcome to wait. But I was intending to invite you as a guest, since you've all done so well. Consider it my little treat to you. Oh, I, I want to make sure we explain to him, too, that there's a little bit of a connection between uh, Leroy blowing in this thing and and, uh, and dead people walking around. Mm. Yeah, you tell him this. He thinks on it. Well, then it certainly won't be in any trouble anymore. I'll keep it on a shelf, I'll keep it in my collection, and nobody will be able to play it again. Oh, I... Uh, and trust me, trust me, it's safe with me. Not for nothing. You you, you interested in knowing what the uh, hieroglyphics on the inside say? Oh, by all means, tell me. I've been dying to know. It says, there's no rest at the judgment place. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, his book, by the way. Ooh. He kind of has like a shiver run down his spine hearing that. Goodness, a cursed hey. trumpet. You uh, you think I can borrow this copy of Lady Don't Fall Backwards? Yes, of course. You're more oh, than welcome. That's a good book. Well then, 
I suppose I'll be seeing you all on the 15th for the party. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Oh, and uh, do enjoy your reward. You may all each regain some sanity from this. Okay. Three. Thirteen sanity. Holy shit. Wow. You gain back wow. 2d6. You gain back six from stopping Leroy. You gain back three from killing the Bonato gang off. And you gain back one for giving uh, Scrivener all his stuff back. And the trumpet. Good game, mm-hmm. you guys. You finished through Dead Man Stomp, but we're not done yet. Stay tuned, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Tom, to lead us out. All right. Our players included Corey Heistead, Kurt LeBlanc, Wayne Worthy, Josh Hook, and Fred Carter with Jen Coulter as the Keeper of the Secrets. This last, um, let's see, uh, sorry. Uh, we provide, uh, we're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Patrons of our show can now enjoy recordings of our pre- and post-game conversations uh, when we first publish them. Some of the funniest and most interesting stuff occurs before and after the show. Um, I should mention last Monday, we sent out a video asking for viewer support, and we received a lot of responses. Uh, I mentioned some of them last night, but uh, I have more. Uh, Specifically, Matthew Sanderson has increased his pledge from $5 to $10. Thank you so much, Matthew. Um, if you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that like that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.